0: Thanks as always for having me on, Kevin. I am the Skipper Dude Proud Broncos, fan since 1984. So today, we're going to discuss part two of my two-part series on what it's really like to play for an intense and outspoken head coach like Vic Fangio. Last week, I talked some about my own history playing for a Vic Fangio type of baseball coach in high school, and as well as what it takes to, for a Vic Fangio type of coach to rise to the top of his profession, attributes like extraordinary intelligence and a lack of a huge ego. This week, we're going to dig more into the psychology of playing for a coach like a Vic Fangio. Personally, I think it's absolutely fascinating as a discussion because there's a lot about it that's almost perfectly counterintuitive, but also true. So, think for a minute about your typical NFL star. These guys come out from from their childhood backgrounds all sorts of ways, from street-tough to pampered. But, ever since they've emerged as big-time football players... They've been treated as a sort of pop culture royalty, made over by high school football coaches and fans, often recruited by major universities, and chased around by any number of agents and media and groupies once he establishes himself in the NFL. Logically, you'd think that a guy like this would think enough of himself that, when he runs into headlong into a a no-nonsense old-school coach like Vic Fangio who's going to hold him accountable for things like missing coverage assignments during training camp practices, oftentimes by upbraiding him in front of his teammates, you'd think guys like this would respond by just mocking or snickering or just blowing him off. And you know what? In many cases, they would. We discussed last week what I call the dime-a-dozen yellers and screamer type coaches, coaches you can find scattered throughout the high school and in college ranks, typically as line coaches who are typically just bombastic dorks who who are on a power trip and trying to prove their manhood. Players generally don't respect these kind of coaches and and just basically blow off their, their, their screaming and yelling. But with a Vic Fangio type of coach, it's different. He calls out a player. That player listens. He responds. He improves. But why? Why does Vic Fangio command that type of respect when so many other coaches don't? I really believe it comes down to four key reasons. Okay, number one, he, he, the, the greats like Vic Fangio understand their players at a sort of spiritual level. They understand the players as human beings well enough, enough to know which ones need to be tougher, which ones need to focus, which ones need a kick in the pants to play better, and which ones may already be hard enough on themselves that the best thing for them to do is just encouragement and not beratement. It's, it's an art. Okay, so number two, they're consistent. If Vic Fangio's pet peeve is missed coverages on defense or dropped passes on offense or whatever it is, you can be sure that Chris Harris Jr. will hear it just like Isaac Yadam will, although Fangio will know both Harris and Yadam need, he'll know what they need in terms of immediate feedback. Number three, they're intelligent, and number four, coaches like Vic Fangio are men of integrity themselves. Now, NFL football players, and really college or high school football players, you know, them even are not going to respect somebody who is not their equal at a minimum, at an intellectual and also a moral level. Ideally, coaches need to be their superiors to these players in that regard, somebody they can look up to. Yeah, players may obey the guy's commands because they have bigger personal goals in mind, but they're not going to respect that guy. And honestly, that's where I think things fell apart for Vance Joseph. I don't think he had any trouble on the moral integrity fund. By all accounts, Vance Joseph is a very good man. I really liked him, but he didn't appear to have the intelligence or the experience or have paid his dues to command an NFL locker room. And guys, that's not an easy task. And, and I think the Vance Joseph experience helped to show us that the distance between football a football man of integrity and a man who can command respect in an NFL locker room is a little like the divide between a scratch golfer. And a PGA professional you may not notice any difference in their swing or even even when you watch them play around the golf, but the huge difference is huge nonetheless and I believe that Vic Fangio is going to prove to be one of those PGA golfer types in a head coaching sense but here 's where I believe he will separate himself even as an NFL coach. Okay, so a typical coach, even a good NFL coach, will spend the offseason, the weight rooms, the OTAs, preseason games, preparing their players for key moments of key games. Ideally, they're preparing them to perform at their peak in a playoff or a Super Bowl game. I call these coaches results-oriented. They They are preparing their players in a way... That will create the greatest results during the regular season and the playoffs. Now, Vic Fangio, I believe, is different. He's what I call process-oriented. He's not preparing guys to be at their best during a regular season or a playoff game, football game. He's preparing them to be at their best right now, right this very second. Every play of every OTA, that's when he wants to see perfection. Perfect uh, practice doesn't make perfect. My my old high school football or baseball coach liked to say. Perfect practice makes perfect. One thing I learned about my experience playing with a Vecfangio type of coach was that the smaller the moment, the bigger the pain in the butt he would be. Once our team got into key regular season or even playoff games, that loudmouth coach tended to go silent. He had done his job. He had developed his players and prepared them for the moment, as best as he was capable, by taking that little moment after little moment after little moment and perfecting them, and now it was their moment, not his. It's part of the surprisingly small egos that go along with these coaches like Vic Fangio. So where your instincts want to tell you that what they do is for their own glorification, the reality is exactly the opposite. They are in real, in reality, the ultimate players, coaches. Even though it's a little counterintuitive. To think that way. So another attribute of the Vic Fangio type of coach is that they have a great instinct for player potential. A little like the famous Mount Rushmore architect, Gutzon to. he was able to look at Mount Rushmore as a hillside and he could literally see the finished monument of the presidents. A little bit the same way, a coach like Vic Fangio can see the potential of a guy like a Dremont Jones or a Drew Locke and what those guys can become. For Fangio, his job is to get into the heads of these guys and figure out what it's going to take, yes, from a technical and work ethic perspective, but more importantly, from a psychological perspective to bring out that potential. And whatever Fangio decides it's going to take, he's going to be absolutely brutal and tenacious in bringing it out in them. And Which also means that he's going to be particularly difficult on younger players. I doubt Fangio will be all that tough on Joe Flacco, for instance, because Flacco has pretty well already maximized his potential. He, he, he is who he is, and at age 34, Fangio isn't going to turn him into much of anything new. Drew Locke, obviously, is going to be a totally different story. Now, I said a couple of weeks ago that I thought this was going to be a tough summer for one Noah Fant, and I tend to believe that. We may not see it because Fangio could very well decide that he doesn't need Fant being shown up in front of the fan base. But this appears to me to be a perfect storm brewing. First, Vic Fangio, of course, is trying to establish himself as a head coaching locker room presence for the first time. He absolutely needs to take command there. Second, Noah Fant is a a young kid with a breathtaking skill set and who seems to be a good kid as well, hard worker, one who will probably react well to Vic Fangio and learn to up his game. But third, Fant appears to have some focus issues that are probably going to drive Vic Fangio nuts. We hear from his college scouting reports that he tends to drop passes and tends to play, take plays off. There are some concern about his blocking as well, but those appear to be overblown from everything I can tell. So, the way i see this playing out is with fant dropping a pass or two during training camp and fangio is going to start riding him mercilessly to the point that it gets in the fan's head and if noah fant comes off the practice field a time or two and slams his helmet into his locker room into his locker or if he starts losing sleep dreaming about vic fangio riding him for this or that then his development is probably going to take a step or two backwards but fant or fangio i'm sorry will also be doing his job in starting to create his architectural tight end masterpiece. So I see or first see Noah Fant getting hit into his first couple of preseason games, and his head is going to be swimming. Brand new offense, brand new language, new quarterback, new route trees, new assignments, everything. But his head is going to be focused on one thing above everything else. Catch the dang ball so Coach Fangio doesn't yell at me. And I think that means that we may seem see some ineffectiveness from Fant During the preseason, perhaps even early in the regular season, is his brain is just swimming and new concepts and he's not able to go out and just play. But also a bit of fear, uh, you know, he's going to be fearing doing something that puts him in Coach Fangio's doghouse. But as these things tend to go, I think you're going to see things start to click for for fans. As the season goes, the drops are going to decrease because he's been obsessing over them since since training camp. And as Fant finally emerges from Fangio's doghouse, you're going to see him develop into a much better player than he probably would have with a normal coach who keeps his hands off of Fant's development and just sort of lets him figure things out on his own. So... When you extrapolate that Fangio-Fant relationship out to an entire team of 90 camp bodies and 53 players who are going to make the final cut, you start to see what Vic Fangio and his coaching staff are up against in terms of creating this football masterpiece. But guys, I really believe Fangio is up to the task. As I get to see his reign over Broncos over the Broncos develop. I'm actually kind of amazed that it uh, took him this long to get his first head coaching gig. I think that's a testament to the small egos of most NFL GMs who who don't want to have a big loose cannon of a mouth around them. But it's also a testament to John Elway that he was willing to take this risk. I think it's going to pay off huge. I do believe that it's going to take a full season For Fangio to really establish himself in the locker room, to get all of his coaches on board with his philosophy, to get the players entirely bought in, and to cut bait on the players who don't. So I'm not expecting a miracle this season by any stretch, but I can tell you that I get more and more excited every week with what the future may hold for our Denver Broncos. Kevin, back to you.